This week, we're finishing Half a Soul by Olivia Atwater, otherwise known as God Forbid We Take a Carriage in the Rain. Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. Before we get right back into like where we left off with Dora and Elias, so I'd like to talk a little bit about Dora, Dora's curse and what it could potentially represent. Mm-hmm. So I didn't pick this up on the first read, but this time around... I thought it was almost like a good representation of individuals who are on the autism spectrum. Yeah. And like a lot of the same, what's the right word, tendencies, like so the Mm -hmm. inability to recognize and or understand social cues and saying the wrong thing, that whole like horse dolphin thing in the beginning, which is like completely out of the blue. But how do you how do you respond to that? Like, it's just occurred to her and she's like, I'm gonna throw that out there. And you're like, um, okay. <laughs> but also, like, feeling separate and apart and, like, not like other people. And then that whole needing more time to process emotions, that whole blank slate in general state of being for Dora and that she needs, when she does feel things, it's this long, like, this whole long-tailed emotional thing where she doesn't feel it immediately, but, like, when she steps a few paces back Mm -hmm. and processes, she realizes, oh, like, that comment made me really sad. Yeah. And I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. That makes me... Yeah. I also didn't pick up on this on the first read either. Like you, uh, we talked about it briefly before we started recording and I was like, holy fuck, Jordan, that's some like miracle, you know, uh, what is it called? Rain Man? Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? But like pulling out these like uh, incredible analyses from a book that I was like, oh, this is sparkly and it makes me feel good. (laughs) I wouldn't say that. So like I have uh, family members and close friends who Mm. are on the spectrum. Mm. So if you interact with people who are on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and like I've had uh, a few conversations with one of my close friends Mm -hmm. um, who really struggles with a lot of the like recognizing social cues Mm -hmm. and being able to read facial expressions. Yeah. She really struggles with. And so um, it makes it hard because I am not a very expressive person like yeah. in my face. Like I'm pretty stone faced most of the time. Yeah. And so it was hard for us in the beginning of our friendship because our friendship started at like age 12. Um, she's like, this chick's a bitch. Like, exactly. She's like, she's a bitch, but I'm going to make her my friend. <laughs> I feel that. Um, so, yeah. So I, not any like wild leaps on my part, just mm-hmm. being around people like this. It was really nice to see that representation in a book because mm-hmm. too often we get like these extreme, extremely emotional characters yeah. who are too busy spending the story, like fixing their emotional mistakes. Mm-hmm. This was nice. I also thought it was like a like good foil for Elias, who is very emotional and yeah. lashes out. So where we left off, right? Yeah. Elias lashes out at these people who care for him and are mm-hmm. trying to take take care of him and see to his needs. And he's like, nah, fuck you people. <laughs> yeah. You guys need to put all of your money into the orphanage. Yep. And you're not good people. And I'm going to leave. Yep. I think it's a good uh, too because I think Elias responds to Dora's very like even keeled responses to his things because um, we'll get to it later and I don't want to spoil it yet. But there's a moment where like Dora kind of says something very like like Elias is kind of spinning out a little bit like yeah and Dora's like oh no it's just this and he's like oh excuse me 
just like very even keeled. She's like, no, I'm just going to tell you like what's going on. We'll get to it when it happens. But I feel like he responds well to her it's, lack of. Yeah, you know. it's really good. And I think we see you see that in real life, too. Yeah. Like, but people balance each other out mm-hmm. with like their extremes. So like yeah. if you have a friend who's like extremely emotional and you're like, OK, let's let's talk about our emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's the same thing with Elias and Dora. And it's yeah. so nice to yep. see. He's like, oh, I don't need to freak out. And you don't like feed into it, too, because mm-hmm. we I think we've all known those like two super emotional people who are maybe in a relationship or a friendship. And it's like you guys just stress each other out like, yeah, this don't is be- not healthy. You don't belong together. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's when you see when you see people like that who are together, their highs are so high and yeah. they're like blissfully happy and everything is like a fairy tale. But their lows are like the just the world is ending. Yeah. And they like feed off of each other's like negative energy Ugh, and then it gets more. And- <laughs> nope. yeah. But Dora and Elias. Dora and Elias. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where we left off, yeah. Dora convinced with Liddy Calloway's help mm-hmm. to Elias to return. So it's this same evening and then collectively as a group, like, oh, it's a late dinner. We're not going to go back home because a home is like an hour or two carriage ride, I guess. And it's raining outside. It's Absolutely <laughs> pouring cats and dogs. It's sprinkling. <laughs> so God forbid we take a carriage in the rain. So they end up... <laughs> Sorry. Please continue. I'm I'm channeling Dora right now. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. We're not going to make it through this episode. Okay. Dora and Vanessa and the evil aunt stay the night at Albert's house with his family. But Dora wakes up kind of in the middle of the night and she wants to check on Elias, I think, if I'm remembering this part correctly. But she doesn't have her, like, handy little, like, Regency iPhone hand mirror. <laughs> um, so she goes wandering the halls because that's what Dora do. D- deuce. Dora <laughs> Dora deuce. <laughs> I fucked up trying to <laughs> copy you fucking up. I know. So she's, she's we'll, it's, it's, we'll make it through. Maybe. She's looking for, like, a mirror or something to contact Elias with. Because even though they're staying in the same house, like, it's not appropriate. I mean, that wouldn't even be appropriate now. Sneaking off to a guy's room in the middle of the night. I just want to check on you, buddy. Like, how you feeling? (laughs) Yeah, that'll fly. Not at all. (laughs) So she's like, I think in a hallway and she finds a mirror and she's attempting to like scry through this mirror. And Elias has all of these like internal wards up like to prevent people from spying on him, basically. And then all of a sudden he appears behind her (laughs) and... (laughs) They're ha- they have this kind of like interlude is the only way I can describe it. And Elias summons some magical candlelight to hide them. Um, I forgot this happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. And yeah, because yeah, Dora's kind of oblivious to the fact that she's in a nightgown. It's yeah. the middle of the night. And Elias is like, well, this is inappropriate, but also I like you. Yep. Let's handle it. Just so. having a late night rendezvous. <laughs> With not a lot of rendezvousing happen, happening. <laughs> exactly. So he creates this kind of like um, cloud of light for them to hide in. Which I thought was super cute because he wants to protect her reputation. And so. Despite being an asshole. Despite being an <laughs> asshole. So as they're kind of checking on each other, um, Elias is probably feeling vulnerable because like he done fucked up. That was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, this is the one person who is still being nice to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of reveals a little bit more about himself and tells Dora about how he was actually raised in fairy or 
So, which is uh, kind of lines up with what he looks like because he doesn't look like normal, like the platinum blonde hair. The he's very handsome, but he's also his mannerisms too with how he interacts with people is very abrupt. Oh, and that's probably like having to live with asshole fairies for the first. When we get to the later parts in this, everything's gonna click. So yeah. just remember this. Yeah, he's brash, but it could be from his upbringing. Yeah, it might not be his fault. <laughs> yeah, and then he also kind of shares with Dora um, the battle that he and Albert were with, and mm. like the circumstances surrounding how he saved Albert's life and how Albert actually saved him as well. It's this very intimate kind of bonding. Yeah. Like, it's the first true um, intimate moment between these two characters mm-hmm. where, like, there's nothing, there's no fighting, there's no game playing, there's just these two people being honest with each other. Yeah. At first, like, um, bearing souls. Yeah. So to say. And Dora's kind of, like, in this unique position where she's never been, like, romantically close to someone. Mm-mm. And so watching this very awkward character try and describe <laughs> what it feels like to be like, oh, this is pleasant. I feel warm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know what that means, but I like it. Yep. <laughs> it's very cute. She calls it like a hot lantern or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, I think Elias puts his arm around her because mm-hmm. like they only have so much like safety shroud to hide in. It, and he's like, uh, you've got to be cold. And she's like, eh, I don't know. I don't really feel anything. And then he's like, I'll just put my arm around you let to be me, safe. Let me take advantage of this man <laughs> moment to like, you're yep. cold. I'm warm. Come here. Um, <laughs> but then she like also like leans her head on his chest. Like it's a very adorable like, this is equal sides. <laughs> yes. Well, the next day, uh, everyone wakes up. No one discovers them. Like this, like in a Regency novel, like this is the moment in the candlelight shroud. Like you're discovered and oh my God, it's candle. Let's get married. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen <laughs> <Ooh>. here. <laughs> So it's the next day, and Albert hands off some French translations, which he had agreed to work on for Elias. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, i got to go run, do some doctor shit. and <laughs> Doctor shit. <laughs> doctor shit. <laughs> and he asked Dora to, like, finish them. And I think they had, like, a prearranged thing with this whole French translation. Mm-hmm. That was from the dinner when he's like, oh. Yeah, that's true. And so these translations are for uh, Elias to try and solve the sleeping plague. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Albert goes off to one of the workhouses, and instead of Dora going with him because she's staying home to work on these translations, he ends up taking Miss Jennings and Vanessa. Mm-hmm. I thought this was super cute because it was Vanessa's like, I need to understand what Dor- like what Dora was trying to say about me, like caring about other people. I felt like too it was uh, Vanessa's chance. Like I don't really care necessarily about like what happens with these poor people, which sounds like really horrible but it's like you can only have so many priorities and that's not one for her but she's like i care about you enough to care about the things that you care about and so she's like making an effort to like i don't really get it but this means something to you so i'm gonna go that was how i read it like at first well so to take it to like a kind of a dark uh, societal (laughs) turn here um we have the same kind of reactions when we're like when we're driving around and we Mm -hmm. see homeless encampments and we see people panhandling on the street like these people obviously need some kind of help Mm -hmm. but like how much emotional effort can you expend into caring caring for them Mm -hmm. like um not to sound callous but like this is to do justice to vanessa as a character yeah yeah i think it's a reasonable response though Mm -hmm. um and it also makes her a more interesting character yeah like it doesn't make her like the perfect like you know pink fairy princess blonde you know perfect daughter it's like no she can be like kind of callous too Mm mm-hmm was nice and that kind of also plays into vanessa being the strong one mm-hmm. like vanessa is the one who saves dora yeah. from, from the fairy king stabs him, yeah 
And she's also the reason why, like, Lord Sorcier is helping Dora yeah. with her curse. Like, go Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all go off to the workhouses to, you know, help people. When they return, Miss Jennings has a black eye. And Albert has, like, apparently punched someone in the face. <laughs> like, the evil overlord of the workhouse. Because uh, he said something insulting to Miss Jennings. And he, like, used his metal hand to, like, beat the shit out of them. Which, like, go Albert. You're probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Vanessa's like a hot mess. She's like, this is too much for my ladylike sensibilities. <laughs> I like that you said overwrought because that's exactly like she's like huddled in a chair when Dora finds her. Yeah. Like nothing happened to Vanessa. She just no. watched everything this happen. This is too much. Yeah. <laughs> this is nope, never going out again. Nope. <laughs> so there's another uh, ball that is coming up. So uh, this is the evening of the ball. Uh, I forget for why or what reason there's a ball, but they're going to it because it's a Oh, this is the Lady Cushing's ball that they were talking about, right? Yes. The one where, uh, perchance, Mr. Elias is like, save me a dance. And she's like, you're not even going to come to this. Yeah. If you do, I'll reward you with two dances. And he's like, you mistake my uh, determination. Please, Jordan, tell me why that is now relevant again. I hope you guys uh, kept it in your little pockets. (laughs) Yep. Okay. So Dora is relegated um, to only using one maid. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Poor Dora. (laughs) We laugh, but like in the scheme of things. Oh, yeah. With all those ties and shit. Yeah. Like Vanessa like has someone doing her hair and someone doing her makeup and like getting her ready. And Dora's like, how do I get this dress up? And tied and staying on me because she's also wearing a borrowed dress. She doesn't like have enough ball gowns of her own because basically the aunt hates her. Um, Yeah. So she eventually gets ready. She starts out the evening at this ball kind of sitting on the sidelines like a wallflower with the ants. And then our favorite little bunny of a sorcier. (laughs) I got so giddy. (laughs) Elias like strides into the room very commandingly so and he like walks up to her. He's like, hey, I want my two dances and you promised me any dances. And Dora's like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) I think you were actually going to come here, but oh my God. (laughs) And so like Elias like sweeps her out of the corner, like onto the floor and Dora's like, oh my God, we're waltzing. Like, waltzing what it's so romantic and so dora feels almost giddy and pleasant um and she later describes this as happiness and like previously she had struggled to explain to elias like i don't know that i've ever felt happiness because when they're dancing he's like how are you feeling right now and she's like i think i'm happy Happy. (laughs) she's like smiling absently and he's like did it got her (laughs) he's got like such a like man pride moment going on right now and then i made her smile and then talk about talk about flexes so as they're dancing together elias is like let's really turn on the charm and so he's like watch this and so he summons these magical little twinkly lights to decorate the entire ballroom and i imagine they're like cute little fireflies because a bunch of them come and land on her dress her borrowed dress that she didn't feel like super pretty in and so she's this sparkly little like whirling around the ballroom and elias has probably got this shit-eating grin on his face like i did that (laughs) like that's my woman oh god (laughs) i'm okay i'm gonna swoon again it's fine yeah (laughs) so like and they end up not just dancing two dances they dance all night a light the lights are turned down low so no one knows yeah they're scandalous it's very scandalous and dora's like huh i don't care because i don't care about things and eliza's like i don't give a shit because i just don't give a shit (laughs) i am the lord sorcier (laughs) i do what i want but like also there's all these twinkly lights all over the ballroom so everyone is like 
a magic display? Like, this never happens. Yep. Like, what's going on here? Ugh. It's very cute. And the ball is also a success for Vanessa, who seems to have secured, like, the interest of Albert's older brother, Edward, who's, mm-hmm. you know, who's the heir. And Oh, hold on. Are we going to skip past the morning after? What happens the morning after? Uh, they're all eating breakfast, and everyone's like, oh, my God, the Lord Sorcier did all of that? Like... Uh, you know, and the lady Cushing is like, oh, my God, like, yeah, I normally just invite him to be nice. And like, he never comes. But like, I have a secret soft spot for this man. And that, you know, he did this whole amazing decorate the whole ballroom just to make me happy and everything. And everyone's like, oh, my God, but I saw him like dancing with some chick like the whole night. And then everybody's like, wait a second, they were dancing with that like one chick, like the other cousin. And everybody's like the other cousin, like, I thought it was just Vanessa, who's this like Dora chick. And they're like, oh, he was dancing with Dora the whole time. And Dora's like, no, I don't think so. We only had two dances. It was dark. You didn't see anything adorable i don't think i need to go over the scene (laughs) (laughs) no no, i think i couldn't put it any better Uh, it was just so cute because she has this moment of like oh everyone like thought it was also cute and i thought it was cute and like well "Mm -hmm." it's cute that she tries to do like a little social like play like (laughs) if i just say that it was only two people will believe me and no one's like i don't believe shit yeah everybody's Uh -uh. like really girl we have eyes So, like, they have breakfast together, and then uh, Edward, the heir, Albert's brother, comes calling, and everyone thinks it's to propose to Vanessa. Uh, So Dora is hauled away by the evil aunt, who's concerned that, like, Dora's weirdness is going to alienate Edward and ruin this potential engagement. So she locks Dora away and, like, instructs her, like, you're not staying here. Pack your shit. Change your clothes. We're putting you in a carriage and sending you back to the country. Like, basically, you have served your purpose. Dora has got her engagement, which is the only reason she wanted you here. And, yeah. Bye. <laughs> so <laughs> fucked up. Like, it hurts. <laughs> it's really... So Dora attempts to protest. She's like, but, hey, like, Vanessa would want me here for her wedding. She and, said so. Yeah. And also, like, the Lord Sorcier is courting me. <laughs> yeah. And you want to send me away right now? Yeah. Because even she's like, why would he marry you or some shit? And I'm like, oh, you did not need to. Yeah. Like, the aunt is just doesn't, like, she, I get the impression that she just legitimately dislikes Dora. Like, doesn't want to have anything to do with her and just feels obligated to take care of her. Yeah, it's it's really bad. So Dora's back in her room and she's frantically searching uh, for the scrying mirror because her first intent is like, I need to find, I need to get a hold of Elias. Like, like maybe he doesn't like me, but like at least he can help me here. And so she finds that her little hand mirror that Elias gifted her, as well as the flowers that he gave her, have been taken away, like, one thing after another. It's just fucking awful. That's, like, insult onto injury. Like, not only am I dragging you out of London kicking and screaming, but I'm also going to throw away the nice things in your life. It's it's <laughs> awful. But she ends up finding another mirror, and it's, like, on the back of a wardrobe or something. Mm-hmm. So she tries to scry for Elias again, but, again, he's got wards up, and she ends up... Uh, just seeing herself but it's a different version of herself so she sees herself kind of dressed in like really nice gown sitting at a piano and she's fucking bawling <laughs> bawling like, the world is ending like <laughs> broken-hearted bawling and she's like what the fuck is going on so she's like tries to say something and like this herself like turns around and they have this kind of engagement conversation and she realizes it's her other half. The other. The other. Half of her soul. The other Theodora. And 
she kind of puts all the pieces together. Dora realizes, like, oh, shit, this is fairy. <laughs> this is the other half of my soul. Uh-oh. Um, what the fuck is going on? And so she's, like, trying to kill the, like, scrying mirror thing. And then Lord Hallowvale strides into this room that she is scried into. And he's like, oh, hello, my firstborn English daughter. Yep. Uh, you're whole now. Perfect. You're, you're whole. Welcome to fairy. And she tries to leave, and Dora is stuck. I think um, Lord Hallowvale does some sort of, like, thread snipping. Oh, yeah. He's like, you're going to stay here. You're stuck to me now. But it's also sad. So Dora saw her other self because as she's thinking about Elias and, like, oh, maybe he does want to, like, court me. She's like, oh, he's only going to want to court me if I'm whole. And so her thinking about being whole again is what made her see. That's so fucked up. That got me hurted. I hurt my own feelings. (laughs) It's. Yeah. And well, what's really weird is because the, the other Dora, who like Dora christen, christens uh, Theodora, mm-hmm. um, is like, I don't know why I'm sad, but like, I'm sad because of, of this person that I've never met before. And like, I think I love I him. I think I love him. <laughs> and like, sad, bawling. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So uh, now Dora is stuck in fairy with her twin half. And, and no one knows she's there. No one knows. Um and then Lord Hallowvale is just kind of this weird character who's like <laughs> he is scary almost. He is terrifying, kind of like a like a psychopathic fairy lord. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, oh, my daughter is is back whole again, and I'm going to give you all of the lessons, and you will be the best English daughter. And he keeps making reference references to like English, um, which into being virtuous. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, gross. Um, but I thought this was, you know, stepping out of the story for a second. I thought this was a super cool technique mm-hmm. uh, by the author to make these fairies, like these lo- fairy lords, seem really foreign and alien. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they're, he's obsessed with having an English daughter and, like, teaching her English things. And it's mm-hmm. because they're completely different culture, different world. And it's like the way we view, like, if we were to meet an alien society, mm-hmm. we'd want to know more about them. And we'd mm-hmm. try to copy, like, maybe they have cool techniques. We're like, we don't know what that means, but we're going to try and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's uh, almost scary, though, because they're taking everything in a very, like, fairy approach of, like, blowing it out of proportion. And so they're taking the very extremes of English society. Like, uh, Theodore, like, ends up playing piano for three days straight. Yeah. He's like, you need to be more virtuous by playing the piano because, like, I know that English women and English young daughters are seen as extremely virtuous if they're good at playing the piano. And he left her there playing for three days and then her, like, fingers started bleeding because she couldn't get back up. Like, that's fucked up. That's... terrifying because it's not malicious yeah it's just this desire to like have and do things that mm-hmm. they don't understand yeah and it's like uh not even thinking twice about things like oh yep uh that answered my first immediate need i'm gonna go do whatever the fuck later and it's like that's an actual person that is now forced to play piano for three days straight like there are consequences i think this is the first time i've read like a fairy um kind of style character mm-hmm. where they truly feel like a foreign entity yeah, not yeah. like a oh you're like a human with pointy ears mm-hmm. and you're really pretty yeah because even in uh the cruel prince uh that series i felt like the fairies were like mean but they still had human tendencies behind the meanest meanness you know mm-hmm. but like the fairies in this are mean unintentionally they're like they're not human yeah at all. yeah so well done yeah especially for such a short book that this isn't like a, it's a main part obviously but mm-hmm. it takes up only like a quarter of the book maybe like she did a fucking 
phenomenal job at making these I, aliens. Yeah. <laughs> See, I said alien. Like, yeah, that's what, that's what they yeah. feel like, though. But so Lord Hallowvale kind of leaves them to their own devices. And he's like, oh, my daughters are back. Um, so they try and devise a way to escape. So they end up smashing a window. And as they're escaping down a tree, um, Theodora uh, lets slip that Lord Hallowvale is probably off to go buy another child. Um, and she says this so, like, this is what he does. Yeah. Because, like, she has spent her entire life in fairy. And it's like, this is normal for her. And Dora's like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> buy a child? You know, that's, like, illegal. <laughs> um, but she kind of puts it all together right very quickly. And that the children who are under the sleeping plague, because Dora or Theodora also lets slip that they don't have physical bodies mm-hmm. in this land. And these are the pieces that, like, Dora's like, oh, this makes sense. All the children are getting stolen. Like, their souls are getting stolen by fairy. That's why they're sleeping. Um, so Theodora takes her to the place called Charity House, <laughs> which is like a like depressing, but also like a fun twist on like how would a like a completely foreign entity interpret what a workhouse looks like? Yeah, and they call it a charity house because that's the intent behind it. Um, and this is where Dora sees some of like the more recognizable children that they've been trying to save for the last I don't know however many weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as they're there, I think they hide. And then Lord Hallavale. Oh, uh, tell what they say what the kids were doing. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I can't like it's such a it gives me the heebie-jeebies. So I think the kids were weaving and unweaving like a certain type of thread, like rope. It's rope. like a hemp rope. Yeah, it was like a hemp rope. And they were just sitting there endlessly weaving and unweaving. Because they needed work to do, but the work isn't doing anything. That's these fairies' interpretation of a workhouse. It's like, oh, they're just doing this mindless task to do a task, yeah. not because the task itself is a has a purpose. Yeah. By doing the task, they're becoming more virtuous. virtuous. <laughs> it's this hyper focus on yeah. like And their hands are all fucked up because they're like forced to only do that. Yeah. Ugh. It's bad. Yeah. Um so Hallavale arrives at the charity house um, and they they watch him and he's got a newborn. Oh my God. And like, Dora's like, what the fuck is this guy going to do <laughs> what with is like, a newborn? <laughs> and so um, as they're there, like, I think they get they end up getting discovered. Lord Hallavale confronts them. They're like, is, is that how that goes? I think I'm getting it Can, somewhat uh, confused. I don't really remember the order of things, but they're like hiding under the table and then uh, the sleeping girl... Uh, I was like, oh, I'll take care of the baby because taking care of the baby will make me more virtuous because I'm trying to make it more virtuous. And he's like, okay. And then I think they get caught after maybe. Oh, yeah. no, they get caught then. Okay, but they, yeah. they have to scry again. Yeah. So uh, Dora, while they're, before they're discovered by Lord Hallavale, Dora and Theodore managed to use some like soapy bathwater mm-hmm. um, to act as a mirror to try and get a hold of Elias. This is like one last ditch attempt. <laughs> and this is such a super cute scene. It is. And it's so uh, anyway, ah! so she's like, I, I'm thinking about Elias, and she finally he kind of wavers into existence in this like bath puddle, <laughs> and he she sees him sitting next to her like prone sleeping body, and he is a wreck. He's like hair tussled, tired, hungry, <laughs> feeling sad, and like Dora like reaches out and like pets him, and he's like, Elias, I'm here, <laughs> and he looks up and he's like panicked, like what? Um, and he kind of really pieces it together pretty fast like oh okay so this is her soul 
she's stuck in ferry and he she also explained like hey all the kids are here too can you like find a way to come save me like i'm not asking you to come to ferry because i know you don't want to come back here and he's like bitch of course i'm gonna come save you like (laughs) dora's very like i understand if you don't want to come but also could you find a way to come rescue us and And all of the children that you're trying to save (laughs) and so i feel like there's like an elias eye roll in this moment (laughs) like are you fucking for real (laughs) but also this next scene so uh he explains to her that he has tried everything from her translations to try and wake her up and she's like oh really everything (laughs) and so dora like latches onto that because one of the curses that like one of the like cures she had translated from french is that uh a way to wake someone up from a sleeping curse is true love's kiss (laughs) Yeah, so um, Dora very kindly, like in a patronizing tone, kind of explains to Elias, like, obviously, honey, that didn't work because you would have to love me. And Elias is like silent and a little like, he kind of turns his head down like, I don't know what to say to that. And then Dora, she's like, she comforts him and she says, um... It's okay. I love you. And I just put those pieces together. Um, but also, I know that's not what you're supposed to say in these circumstances. So I know it's weird. But yeah, <sighs> I love this whole fucking interaction because like, uh, this is kind of the continuation of what we were talking about earlier, how Elias is like a crazy, well, not crazy, but he's like very expressive, very emotional. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like freaking out and pacing back and forth. Like, how the fuck am I going to get it back? Like, I don't want to go to fairy. Like the place is scary. Uh, and she's like, oh, just like sitting on the bed very like calmly. She's like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, uh, I love you. Uh, it's okay that you don't love me. Things are going to be fine. And he's like, uh, uh, uh. Well, it's also <laughs> like her, like you never doubt for a second that Dora fully believes that Elias doesn't care for her. Yeah. She's like, she's so convinced of her own weirdness, like her own, like, um, like inability to feel emotions the same way as other people that she doesn't think someone can care for her. And I don't know, we love, like, Katie and I, dear readers, we love when one character doubts or doesn't believe in, like, the emotions of, like, the partner character. Like, it's just that one more piece of romantic tension. Like, oh, it's so good. They have this little exchange, but Hallavale, uh appears. Like, he breaks up the scene again. Yeah. And Elias, like, I imagine Elias is losing his shit in the background because Dora disappears. Um, but Dora and Theodora managed to convince Lord Hallavale that they need to have a proper English ball because the last time that Dora was happy was at a ball dancing with Elias and <laughs> that they will be able to merge together into the same one whole soul if they're both feeling this very strong emotion at a ball. So this <laughs> weird line of uh, reasoning uh, manages to convince Lord Hallavale that, yes, yeah, so I'm going to throw an English ball. Um, and he sends some brownies in to like dress them in the tear, like in the, in a dress made of lost memories, which yeah. I thought was like, oh, that's a fun little fairy thing. Yep. Um, Except for the uh, necklace of children's tears. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's what the tears <laughs> came from. Yeah. Necklace of like pearls, which are like yeah. yeah, made of children's tears. Children's tears. It's very, it's very foreign and alien and yeah. very fairy. Yeah. And going back to the whole focus on virtue, so they hold this English ball in fairyland, and Dora cannot see anyone. Everyone's invisible until she's properly introduced, because this is yet another um, tool that the fairies have devised. Like, oh, well, this is virtuous. Like, you can't see anyone until you're properly introduced, because that's what the English do, <laughs> which um, a small price to pay for propriety. 
Oh, and she has a chaperone. Yeah, who's fucking <laughs> demonic. <laughs> Terrifying. Like, the chaper- chaperone's like, I'm going to pull your eyes out of your head if you uh, look at anyone. Yeah, if you make eye contact with any men that you're not married to. Yeah. <gasps> but like, what a great satire on like <laughs> how ridiculous uh, like that period in our in our history was. Like, mm-hmm. this is dumb. Anyway, so she, Dora is dancing. And so as she's introduced to these fairies, she, like, they become visible to her. And she gets to meet Lord Blackthorn, mm-hmm. who's this very quirky, less ominous fairy. I love him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, this is interesting. Like, hi, I'm Lord Blackthorn. Nice to meet you. And um, she kind of wraps up with him. And she's him. During their conversation, though, uh, she's, like, running out of things to say because he's like, oh, let's talk about the weather. And she's like, well, people talk about other things besides the weather. And then she's like, oh, maybe they don't actually talk about anything besides the weather. Uh, the weather. And she's like, uh, if you had a horse and a dolphin mated together, what would they look like? And he's like, oh, obviously, it would have to have, you know, the head of a dolphin because horses can't breathe underwater. And she's like, uh, uh, that makes sense. That is. But also, <laughs> I, it just clicked for me. Dora has found her people. Yeah, she has. <laughs> like they're just as weird and awkward as she is. Yep. And it works. Yeah, it does. So they have this kind of pleasant little fun, cute interaction. Mm-hmm. And then she gets handed off to another partner. <gasps> no, you got to talk about the virtue part. The virtue. What virtue? Uh, they're like, who do you think is the most virtuous oh, person? Oh, Jesus. You, so you, you explain it. <laughs> um, so he, so she asked him that question. He's like, okay, I get a question. Uh, who do you think is the most virtuous person in all of England? And she's like, I think the most virtuous person in all of England is the Lord Sorcier Elias Wilder. <laughs> and he's like, oh, why is he so, uh, virtuous? Uh, does he have a lot of money? And she's like, well, I mean, yeah, but that's not what makes him virtuous. He's just, he's kind and he cares about people and he's kind of an asshole but he takes care of like you know poor children and he loves people and i love him too (laughs) it's so cute it is very cute and like just as they're wrapping up their conversation um there's like another partner that strolls up and like her chaperone's like oh this is lord long shadow and so she like is looking down at this elves fairy's boots and she notices that they're these worn boots kind of similar to lord blackthorn and so she's they start dancing and then she hears elias's voice (laughs) except uh lady morningwood is like remember to bring her back uh before the end of the dance or you're gonna have to marry her yeah so yeah that's actually (laughs) really important so and lord so elias who's masquerading as a fairy named lord longshadow is like sure fine Mm -hmm. not a problem for me (laughs) so uh they're dancing and elias like very quickly spins her up and he's like i brought your scissors here you go they're iron and um they devise this very quick plan like i'm gonna distract lord hallavale you need to cut the threads that bind you to him that's why your soul is here is all of these threads um so if you cut those you, you will wake up and everyone will be back in their bodies so and then as they're also devising this plan elias lets slip that he murdered his fairy dad uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, because that's how inheritance is handled in fairy. Just random. Like there's these weird moments of very graphic violence yeah. that appear in the story that have just absolutely out of place. Yep. Yeah. So um, Elias's disguise is like quickly falls apart and he's revealed. Um, and Dora kind of, sneaks off there's there's some distraction happening it, it, it's very busy scene but basically dora has her scissors she runs up to sneak off and snip these threads that tie her to lord hallavale meanwhile elias and lord hallavale are about to duel you forgot to say why they're gonna duel oh 
You explain it. No. Yes. We'll just recut it. Oh, my God. This is the... I love this. Oh, my God. So um, after Elias's disguise is revealed, um, her chaperone's like, you danced, what, more than... The twi- song ended. The song and ended they're and they're still dancing. <laughs> you must marry her. And he's like, sure. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> Nobody ever says sure. Yeah. So they don't know what to do. And it's kind of like out of character for a fairy to be like, yeah, I'm just going to marry this bitch. (laughs) And Dora's like, wait a second, what? Yeah. And uh, so everyone's like losing their mind. Uh, It's revealed that it's like the Lord Sorcier. And then Lord Hallowvale like comes to avenge his English daughter's virtue or something. (laughs) And he's like, well, we're going to have a duel. And so Eliza, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, dude. So like, I love the other guys like, oh, I've never seen an English duel before. This is exciting. (laughs) I'll be your your second. (laughs) And like all of this is happening. And then so Dora uses this as an excuse to like sneak away, cut the threads. So she comes up behind Lord Hallavale and she has this moment where she's like, hmm, I think I just need to do this thing. And so instead of snipping the threads, she fucking stabs him. <laughs> she stabs Lord Hallavale in the back with these iron scissors. And iron is poison to fairies because have you read this genre before? Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, and so he starts, like, basically disintegrating in front of her, and just before he's, like, he's dying. She just killed him, her her fairy dad, um, and she's about to, like, snip the threads, I think, or... Oh, the threads are, like, hanging in the air, and she's about to grab them. Yeah, and then her, like, other half, Theodora, runs up, grabs the threads, and is, like, I am now Lady Hallowvale, and I'm here. <laughs> But it's like it it was kind of a weird point in the story because I don't think it was quite handled right. Like I needed a little bit more description of like what's going on with the background here. But I think what's meant to happen is, oh, this is the other twin basically claiming her own body and claiming a role in fairy and taking control so like no one else can do this again. Because I think Elias even comments, he's like, are you sure you're going to do that? Like, mm-hmm. before she grabs the threads, she's like, you're going to be stuck here forever. Like, that's the raw end of the deal. You're yeah. fucking stuck in fairy with a bunch of psychopaths. Yeah. But Theodore's like, this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So she takes the threads and she tells Dora, like, I'm going to give you your thread and all of the living children back. And so she gives the threads back and Dora wakes up mm. back in the real world. So she is in her bedroom, like where she left off, basically. And it's been several days and she's very weak. And she spends a few days recovering. People are taking care of her. I think the aunt has kind of disappeared from view. Like, yeah. She like feels bad about how she treated her. Exactly. Um, but not bad enough to not treat her bad in the yeah, first place. <laughs> yeah. So after like a few days where she's like kind of feeling back to normal, um, Dora has a caller and it is Elias. And he has arrived uh, with flowers because he forgot flowers the first time he called on her. Mm-hmm. And so she goes down to meet him and they have this very cute um, kind of wrap it all up interlude in the parlor where he confesses all of his annoying emotions for her. <laughs> and I love this line so much. This was not my favorite scene between the two of them because I felt like it was kind of superfluous at this point. But he tells her, I love that you are kind, but almost never nice. As like a counterpoint to Vanessa, who's always seen as like really nice, but not always super kind. Yeah. And despite all of her cautions, because like she never got her other half back. So she's stuck living in this like doesn't feel emotions the same way. And 
um, she's like, I'm never going to be whole. And he tells her that he loves her just exactly the way she is. And she kind of closes out like with this internal thought, like, this is the dream in which I live. (laughs) I'm okay. This is fine. It's a very cute story. The epilogue actually has a lot like of more wrapping up and Mm, mm -hmm. stuff happening. But I think this is a super cute point to end on. Yeah, it is. It's a good wrap-up for everything. Because it's cute, too. Because I think when uh, Lady Morningwood or whatever, the chaperone, is like, oh, you have to marry her now. And he's like, okay. And Dora's like, uh, if he's amenable to that, I mean, I guess that's okay. And it's funny because now at the end uh when he has to like confess his loves or whatever he's like i can't just say like if you're amenable to marriage like i have to ask you something a little bit more fancy and like fruitful than that and she's like well i mean i guess if you want to it's like girl (laughs) just let him express his love for you (laughs) it's so cute it's very dora it's very elias Mm -hmm. it was adorable this was a very cozy book yeah it makes you feel all like sparkly and cute and like ah yeah yeah warm yeah. A lantern. <laughs> <laughs> like a lantern hug yeah. from, yeah. Mm. Adorable. So please read this book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's it. Just read this book. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to cost you anything. It'll cost you a couple hours and that's it. You're not going to walk away feeling like you missed anything. No. Uh-uh. Because it's such a low bar of investment for what you're getting out of it. You're getting all these like happy, like feel good endorphins the whole time. Yeah. You do not re- need to read like another 500 page book, one of a trilogy about Mm-mm. a super special heroine who lost her parents and needs to nope. fight for a kingdom. Like, read this book. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So, all right. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. And from our shelf to yours, we'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'.